Here's a message from Ken Lavica. My God, Evan, talking about KD that the heat made me tingly. <clears throat> Anyways, it's June 23rd, 2022, but Jeanette Javier is living her best 90s life. Stone the Bandwitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. No, but seriously, Friday Night Lights, we should listen back to Evan hypothesizing on Kevin Durant to the heat. I'm just I, saying. I'll pull it. I um, That was hot. That was really, really hot. Calm down. It's getting awkward over here. <sighs> My nipples. Really weird. Jeanette Javier, I have not seen her more jacked, more up, more giddy than I've seen her today. I know. It is wild, and it's all because she's reliving her childhood, the 1990s in Orlando. I'll explain in a second. This is wild. Ken Levick alive on a Thursday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the sunshiny and soon to be very humid and uncomfortable over the weekend intracoastal. Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Jeanette Javier, it is Thursday. She is back for the back end of her weekly back to back here on Ken Levick Alive. And over the last 12 hours, I just want to give you a little bit of a feel for what. Jeanette has been up to and really and she talked about it yesterday and we discussed it at length yesterday but Jeanette was going to be able to and again you you growing up Jeanette in Orlando the boy Mm -hmm. band culture Mm -hmm. that was right in your backyard like pretty much literally as an Orlando native in your backyard the boy bands, they all came out of there. They yep. all came from Orlando. Doesn't matter if it was in sync or the Backstreet Boys. This was your life. These were posters on your wall. These were the CDs that you were playing in your big bulky CD player in your room. And the dolls and the cups yeah, and the everything action else. Figures. Absolutely. I have I still have them all. That's right. So last night at the I Think Financial Amphitheater in West Palm. It was the Backstreet Boys, and uh, Jeanette was excited when we were discussing it yesterday. She was going to be in attendance. It started at 7? Yes. Well, it didn't get on stage till 8.30. Okay, but how was was your return to the 90s to see the Backstreet Boys in person? I was excited beforehand, but I had no idea... Just how excited I would be the second they got on stage. And the first song that they opened with, I didn't know what it was. It was a new song. Nobody wants to hear the new yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. the 
second. Nobody cares about the new stuff. The second song to call off of their Black and Blue album. <laughs> that's where it all went up from there. Even my my poor friend, she's pregnant, and we rented the lawn chairs and what, everything. Wait, wait, was she pregnant before the show, or is she now pregnant after seeing the she Backstreet Boys? She questioned if she had a, like if there was another way. <laughs> it was an immaculate Backstreet Boys conception. Yes, yeah. because the way AJ like he thrust it at the camera <laughs> on stage. All of a sudden, she was pregnant. Both all of right. us were like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, this is oh, great!" I feel a baby in me. Well, yeah. I maybe I have to double check yeah, you know, after say. yesterday, after last night. But the call came on. That was the second song, and my friend Ralph, our friend. Yeah, Ralph Nataro, one of the great photographers in media. We just randomly saw each other, and he was like about two rows behind me on the lawn. He got video of me, and I'm just like <laughs> waving and completely sober, jumping up and down. And that was me literally for two and a half hours. I had no voice this morning. I was down in You've recovered and nicely, thank God. I was on cloud nine, the teenage me thriving in a way that I I was shocked at myself. I was like, where did this young girl come from? So so Brian walked out and Kevin walked out and Howie walked out and Nick and AJ, they walk out and you just lost control because I saw this video, Stone, and she looked like one of the inflatable, uh, crazy-armed guys in <laughs> yeah. front of a car dealership. How, She's just like, I, How old are these guys now? Oh, I don't know. They've got to be in their 40s at this I, point. 40s? Just, I would say even 50s. Uh, Google, because AJ McClain was always... Always the oldest one. He is the oldest one. By that the, hasn't changed. He's a Palm Beach boy. Is he? He was raised in Boynton, graduated did, like kindergarten in Delray Beach. Really? He was going, because they're all from Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But AJ, he went on a tangent. He's like, all of us have done our hometown shows. They went to Orlando, And this was Tampa. his hometown This show. was his hometown show. You know what we should do? We should try and book AJ McLean. I don't even know how to go about that. I don't know who represents the Backstreet Boys. They would be the first time on this show I would be speechless. And look, I can barely talk right now. So AJ, I would have no opinion. AJ's 44. Mm-hmm. 44, okay. Howie is 49. Oh, Howie's the oldest? Oh, boy. Who had the biggest glow up of all? Nick Carter's 42. Uh-huh. And old Kev is 51. How old is Brian? Wait, uh, Kevin, what's his last name? It's a 2018 article. This is Kevin Richardson. Yeah, Kevin Richardson. And it says he's 47 here. How old's Brian? You're missing Brian. That one was Brian my Luttrell, favorite. Man. Brian Luttrell is 47 years old. Okay, so they're all 40s. They're all, so I was right. They're in their 40s, summer, early 40s, summer, late 40s. But I heard they performed for a long time. It like was they like were on stage two and, and like a half two. hours straight. Bro, think about it, Stone. And and you can make fun of the Backstreet Boys, and a lot of people are, which is fine. But this was the most anticipated concert I can remember over at the amphitheater. And I've lived in this area since 2007. I can't remember another concert where, like, DMB comes every year. It's like a <laughs> pilgrimage for people. So, like, fine. That's inherent. But this this was any any female that I talked to. And really, a lot of males. Like, they were like, oh, Backstreet Boys are coming. There's the nostalgia. It's good. And you can make fun of them. They're old now. Uh, the boy band days are dead. They've and long been dead. But these dudes did a, a two-and-a-half-hour show, and they're all in their 40s, and Howie's damn near 50. So I saw the lineup. It was 34 songs long, which I was like, Holy Whoa. hell. Lil Wayne, I complain, he gave us eight songs. He gave you eight songs. He showed up late, and then he left early after and, eight songs, and, and you were pissed. And the five. 40, 50-year-old men gave him 34 songs. And five costume changes, apparently. Yes, and you can tell they were trying to do like the cheesy boy band moves, but they look more robotic than anything because they're definitely not as smooth as they were back in the day. They're a little creaky now and stiff. Again, the nostalgia in me did not care about anything. And I, and 
I will admit, I looked at the set list beforehand, and I was like, I don't remember this song. I don't remember this song. But that teenage girl was like, nah, girl, you remember this. You were bumping this in the bathroom dancing. And I pretty much sang the whole entire time. That's Top awesome. of the lungs. It was fantastic. Stone, I got to say, seeing Jeanette this happy makes me happy. Like, I'm legitimately happy because Jeanette, and she, even if she's having like a rough day, she'll come in here and put on a really good show. But she's like up, like like stratosphere up. Yeah, she's, she's capable of coming in really sad, and that makes us sad. But if she comes in like this, we just have to turn it up and not match the energy. She's like, and I got to say, too, she's been drinking green juice, and she's been sober for a week <laughs> Ooh, and a half. Is is this is, is a whole it? new yeah. Jeanette. Yeah, yeah. so your, your yeah. sobriety run <laughs> continued, right? Yes, it absolutely did. Awesome. And what was even better is that my friend, she's pregnant, and when, my, when I'm going out with my pregnant friends, and it's just us two, I don't drink. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And... The cans, though, now they don't have water bottles at the amphitheater. Oh, they've got the cans. They yeah, have yeah, the yeah. cans. Not the same feel, by the way. I like a little uh, environmentally uh, dangerous uh, plastic bottles. No, well, for me, I loved it as I'm venturing in the, so- the sobriety. It felt like. It felt like I was like popping open a beer, yeah. you know? And yeah. I was like, this is cool. There's this something to nice. that. Like, you have something to do with your hands. That's a very real thing. It has the feel of when you were drinking, but it's not alcohol, but you still, like, part of it is just like, it's the, the the habit you get into, and that satisfies that need. Oh, my gosh, Stone, you're playing Larger Than Life in the background. This is the song they closed with. I cried pretty much the whole time. <laughs> That's weird. What, yeah, what does crying mean? Just out of joy? Out of pure joy and happiness. It was I've always wanted to see these guys perform when I was growing up. Everything sounds awesome except for the fact of me trying to picture a 47-year-old just thrusting the hips at the, the crowd of, you know, 30,000 or however many showed up. It's just a little odd. I don't know. But, but I, know I know plenty of women that would much prefer the 47-year-old thrusting their hips as opposed to the uh, doesn't, know how to, doesn't know what he's doing early 20s. And they're, or their husband. They're all in right. shape. They all looked great. Oh, they I'm can sure. tell they're aging a bit. That's fine. Uh, like, honestly, you, you juxtapose that against Stone's experience at Hard Rock Stadium Saturday where Brett Michaels apparently hacked up a lung in the middle of their set. <laughs> And uh, Tommy Lee started Motley Crue's set by saying, I'm not the man I used to be, as he's clutching his ribs. It seems like your concert experience with old men was much better than Stone's concert experience with old men. And my credit card took a beating despite the fact that I wasn't drinking. (laughs) A beating. Because that merch tent. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, baby. You hit oh, yeah. that up pretty like, hard. I'm a millennial. Yeah. I'm a grown woman. I could afford these things so, I wouldn't be able to as a teenager. So, one, that's awesome. So, you had a bunch of 40 and damn near 50-somethings get on stage last night uh, in, in an era that's dead, that's been dead for a long time, the boy band era. Oh. BTS doesn't count. That stuff doesn't count. No. They could never. We all know that the best boy bands are five members, okay? Five members Facts. and based out of Orlando. And so, so... Jeanette experienced that last night. They performed for two and a half damn hours, choreographed, and had five costume changes. And it was pretty packed, right? Like, it was almost sold out. I was not just hallucinating when it felt like, to me, everybody was going to the amphitheater last I night. I can barely sit down right now. I'm just, like, geeking. Yeah, I did bring it up. I talked about all my coworkers and teammates going to the concert, and, like, three of the people at the same time were yeah. like, why aren't we there? Yeah. Like, and not no. all women. Like, there were oh, dudes was, that were super jacked. Two of the people that said, why aren't we there, were dudes. I'm you telling see? you, because it's the ultimate, like, pickup zone, too. Like, Josh Cohen was there, <laughs> who you'll hear today at 4, uh, but he said he's never been at a concert, and he goes to almost every concert at the, at the I Think Financial Amphitheater, 
And he said he's never been around hotter women in his life, a collective group, a group of hotter women in his life, than what he was last night. It's, like just a smorgasbord. Yeah, probably wearing nothing, just trying to get seen. Just, Back just trying to, the to 90s. get seen, dude. Abs- yeah. Back to the 90s. Exactly. But I want to get... Every, did you tweet the picture of you from today? The selfie of you from no, today? Please I, do it. I will. At Jeanette and Juice on Twitter. At Jeanette and Juice on Twitter. In mere moments, you're going to see a photo of Jeanette. A bathroom selfie of Jeanette. Because I want to give you an idea. This sets up what we're going to go to next. Why this is such a big day for Jeanette. Not only 12 hours ago, she saw the Backstreet Boys. Yes. She, she nerded out to the Backstreet Boys. She fangirled over the Backstreet Boys for two and a half hours last night in West Palm Beach. She is wearing a Backstreet Boys Millennium t-shirt, their most famous album. She is wearing that t-shirt, bought freshly out of the merch tent last night for about $115, okay? She's wearing that t-shirt, <laughs> but over it. Straight out of 1993 yes. is an Orlando Magic starter jacket. Yes. It's not just the Backstreet Boys last night, but it's the Orlando Magic tonight with the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. For the fourth time ever, the Orlando Magic have the number one pick in the NBA draft. So what I wanted to do for Jeanette is relive the previous number one picks in the NBA draft. So Stone, if we could, could we go back to the year 1992 when a big man out of Louisiana was taken number one overall, I give to you then NBA commissioner David Stern. With the first pick in the 1992 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic selects Shaquille O'Neal from Louisiana State University. But Stone, and he's the youngster, so I'm, I'm walking him through this. He's the baby, okay? Jeanette, it was just one year later that the Magic had the number one overall pick once again. Stone, let Jeanette relive the brief tenure of Chris Webber with the Orlando <laughs> Magic. With the first pick... In the 1993 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select Chris Webber. Oh, they love that. You bet that Detroit crowd loved that. But it was 32 minutes later when Chris Webber was no longer with the Orlando Magic. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. Orlando... has traded the draft rights to Chris Webber to Golden State in exchange for the draft rights to Anthony Hardaway and three future first round draft picks. So there is a brief glimpse into the basketball childhood, the 90s for Jeanette Javier, because it was then only three years later when the Orlando Magic went to the NBA Finals for the first time, thanks to all of what you just heard. So let me recap. 12 hours ago, Backstreet Boys, 90s. They were formed in 1993. Jeanette, in her formative years, spent... Her time listening to the Backstreet Boys serenade her with romantic tunes, coming-of-age songs that help form the Jeanette that we know today for better or worse. (laughs) Then, today, 
and into tonight, it's going to be back to the 90s, where the Orlando Magic once again have a number one overall pick. What's old is new again for Jeanette Javier. The last 12 hours have brought Jeanette back 20 years, and I think that's a big reason why she's thriving you can't, today. You can't see, but I'm about to tear. <laughs> This, this is fantastic. This was not the intended result, This is by my the favorite show of all time because I am reliving my childhood in a manner that I would have never thought I would relive, relive it. And I am thriving, baby. So Jeanette, thriving. Jeanette's reliving her prime decade. Her prime decade was the 90s. Yes. Like the 90s. She's a 90s girl, a 90s baby through and through. Okay? So I wanted to do something fun today because I want everybody to feel good like Jeanette does. I want everybody to remember when they were at their peak, when they were at the top of their life, when there were no worries, when things were absolutely perfect. Okay? So I want you to come up with your prime decade. It has to be a decade uh, a decade, by definition, the first year starts with zero and the last year ends in nine, okay? So, <laughs> so myself, myself and Jeanette, the 90s, that's our prime decade, yes. okay? Jeanette and I are in the same ballpark age-wise. The 90s, that's our decade. I want you, since Jeanette saw the Backstreet Boys, apex of pop culture in the 90s, into the number one pick with the magic, which could be a future uh, all-time favorite NBA player for Jeanette, I want everybody in the spirit of Jeanette to give me out of your prime decade, uh, your prime decade, your favorite NBA player and your favorite piece of pop culture from that decade. Okay? So I'm in the 90s. For example, of course, me being a Chicago guy. Oh, MJ, you're easy. MJ easy. and my favorite piece of pop culture from the 90s, Double Dare. Greatest game show to ever exist. Mark Summers, love you, boy. Okay? From your prime decade, your favorite NBA player and your favorite piece of pop culture. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. In honor of Jeanette having the greatest 12, soon to be 36 hours that I've ever seen her have because she saw the Backstreet Boys, went back to her prime decade of the 90s last night, and then just like the 90s, the Magic have the number one overall pick tonight, a die-hard Orlando Magic fan, Jeanette Javier. Give me out of your prime decade your favorite NBA player and your favorite piece of pop culture. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at KLV1063. So, for example, Jeanette, Cody Rogers on Twitter, he says, Tim Hardaway and Reebok Pumps. That's good. That's really good. I Solid remember start. my first pair of Reebok Pumps. What color? I felt like such a badass. They were black. And they had like magic colors. It was they were black and then like a lighter blue. And I would because I'm twitchy and I'm anxiety ridden. You would just pump your shoes, go, and then like just like a robot deflate them with that little <laughs> button in the upper right. And then you'd pump up your shoes again, and then like that was that was all I would do with those shoes. But could you remember the commercials? Like you would you would pump up the shoes. It was Penny Hardaway. Yes, it was. Penny Hardaway would pump up his shoes, and all of a sudden, he's jumping higher. 
He's running faster. Reebok made you believe that simply making your shoe tighter, which I don't think was good for your circulation, no, uh, it would help you jump better or run better. I mean, it's one of the truly great, great um, deceptions in marketing that we've ever seen. But Reebok pumps were the were the best. I would say Reebok street culture, streetwear in the '90s overall. Yeah. Was elite. Sure. Like going back to like white man can't jump. All of those fits, that whole look with the men with the tank tops and the shorts and even the hat with the uh, with the rim with the design underneath That's it. That's Fresh Prince territory right there. It was great. Absolutely. Now, I wouldn't be opposed if your favorite piece of pop culture from the 90s was also Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like that's... That's up there. I, I anticipate that's probably going to be something that that gets thrown out there. But your your prime decade, for, so for some of you, it might be the 70s. For some of you, it might even be the 60s. For some of you, it might be the 2010s. But what was your prime decade? The decade where you were fully immersed as a sports fan, fully immersed as a pop culture merchant. Because for Jeanette and I, it was the 90s. Jeanette's favorite player in the 90s, Shaquille Mm O'Neal. Jeanette's favorite piece of pop culture, the Backstreet Boys, boy bands as a whole. She has relived her prime decade in a matter of hours. Backstreet Boys last night, and then number one overall pick for the Magic tonight. It doesn't get any better than this for Jeanette. I'm trying to capture some of this. I'm trying to... Uh, if we were talking about racing draft in her wake, because I want a piece of this because she feels so good about all of this. I want to get nostalgic. I want to go back to my prime decade. For the, so for the 90s, my favorite NBA player was MJ and Double Dare. Watching Double Dare on a weekday afternoon with Mark Summers starting every show. On your mark, get set. Like, that's good. That's just good stuff right there. I love it. And I'm into it. Your favorite NBA player from your prime decade and the favorite piece of pop culture from that decade. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. All right, youngster, what's your prime decade? I wonder if I'm going to have any idea what he's talking about with pop culture. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's 2000, the 2010. 2010. So we, so like we just, the, just got out of it. Mm-hmm. Just got out of it. I would say my favorite NBA player when I was coming into actually consciousness and knowing what was what and who was who was Mike Miller for the Miami Heat. Oh, Mike Miller That's was throwback. your favorite NBA player. Yeah, it was the first guy who started. I didn't see that coming. Who started wearing a flow band? Like he let his hair go. <laughs> I should have known. Stop. I should have known. And I think he was my idol, my uh-huh. motivation for letting my uh, lettuce grow, letting my hair go down to my shoulders. Yeah. he would rock the flow band in there. And I think he brought back, and not that it wasn't in the past, but the white go- the white guys who could shoot. Like, he was a shooter through and through. He had the strap, and he was a threat, and he played with LeBron James. So, like, that's who I looked up to on the court. It was wow. Mike so, so, Evan Cohen and you are kindred spirits because Evan has a thing for athletes with hair as well. He loved Mike Miller because of the hair. Yeah. He loves Matthew Stafford because of the hair. Like, this is, you, you two are brothers, and you had no idea. Did Your he hair brothers? That he, sounds gross. Did he like Dirk? Because Dirk had some nice. Locks I have no at idea. But you, I'll ask him. So you, you're, you were, you have a thing for athlete hair. That's oh yeah, who you're drawn to big time. What about your piece of pop culture? What is Young Stone Lebanowitz in his prime decade? What's he tuned into? Musical act, TV show, movie, toy? What is it? To be honest, I would have to say it was Kid Rock. It was kind of my, my MP3 era, and I know he was earlier than that, but that's who I listened to. That's, what? That's kind of who I tried to mirror myself after. Mike, or, or that's when Mike I, Miller 
and Kid Rock. Yeah. You could have given me 40,000 guesses, yeah. and there's no way I would have even approached that. I actually went back and did the LimeWire thing and went and saw the Kid Rock that was on, on MP3s because he never threw them out. And I just know every word, all of his songs. I recently saw him in concert. So as soon as pop culture came up and you asked me the question, it was, it was easy. It's who I had. But Kid Rock. Now, he, Kid he Rock is more like, it, it, like where Kid Rock was the biggest was like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Weird. Most of the newer That's albums. really weird. Like Rebel Soul and stuff. That was like 2012 and I some of no those. I have no idea about any of that. I don't know. I know. Bong, the bong, the bang, the that bang. Wasn't diggy, that wasn't that. was the, the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> That's that how the song close. goes. Yeah, <laughs> that was the 90s. So that was really who it was for me, those two. That's wild. All right. Mike Miller and Kid Rock. That was bizarre. <laughs> Uh, Chris Lemley saying my prime decade was the 80s, Larry Bird and video arcades. Yeah. Now, arcades, that was sort of the later, like, it was in its late, late stages when I was coming of age. I didn't spend a ton of time at video arcades because I had a Nintendo. I had a Sega. I had all that stuff. So I didn't need to throw in quarters to go play arcades. Can I just say, arcade bars definitely popping mm. back up. Yes. A Big thing right now. No. I pretty much go to one every Sunday night really? in Fort Lauderdale. Really? Yes, I do. You have Silver Bowl down here in Delray. That's a big popular that one, one too. Yeah, I take dates to that one. That's like a good icebreaker. Beautiful date spot. Exactly. And then, but the That's one... That's an icebreaker. <laughs> Glitch is the one You want to play pinball? <laughs> Skee-ball? Uh, Skee-ball is the one. Skee-ball, by the way, of all the arcade games, is far and away the most dangerous. I can't tell you how many times I've smashed my finger. When you put in the token and you press the button, those heavy-ass wooden balls come down, <laughs> and you don't pay attention to where your fingertips are, and they get smashed. Like that, that doesn't feel good. Love Skee-ball. Don't like getting my finger smashed in the skee-ball machine. Sounds like a personal problem. you got to <laughs> fix, Ken. I'm just saying. like It's happened to me multiple times. Doesn't matter if it's at an amusement park or if it's at a video arcade. The skee ball machine is going to crush Ken Levicka's fingers. Uh, Chris Campbell <laughs> tweets in the '90s, my prime decade. What up, Chris? Larry Johnson, Grandma Ma. That's right. And the Seattle alternative music boom. So this man, Chris Campbell, saying LJ, that's his boy, and Nirvana, that's who he's riding with, <laughs> amongst other bands. And I think that's a pretty typical response as well. Uh, not maybe Larry Johnson, but Nirvana, grunge, alternative, absolutely. Grunge, definitely. Were you uh, were you at all, uh, since you did grow up in the 90s, like 90s were your decade, were you uh, an alternative rock, grunge rock type of uh, person, or did you just stick to the pop stuff? I did Foo Fighters, and then Emo was introduced into my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then that, that transitions you into emo, pop punk, that yeah, whole thing. That's, exactly. That was the road I took, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started with Foo Fighters, their first album, which was right, obviously, right after Kurt Cobain passed. Right. And then I went into My Chemical Romance. I wasn't mm -hmm. a good Charlotte fan. N nor should you have been. <laughs> but uh, I like Simple Plan. I love, oh my gosh, All Time Low. So that's that was kind of my transition through rock. Okay, that's so and then I went back into classic rock. Um, so so again, let's recap here because Jeanette saw the Backstreet Boys last night and the Orlando Magic have the number one overall pick in the draft. This is the '90s. Jeanette's reliving the '90s, reliving her best decade when she was living her best life. It's a saying now, but this is absolute fact. That was her best life, the '90s. Same thing with me, but 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 she is. I'm trying to recreate what she's feeling right now. 
I'm just trying to live vicariously through her. So in the spirit of the Magic picking number one tonight and her seeing the Backstreet Boys last night, let's have some fun with it. I want you to go to a place when you were at your happiest, your prime decade, your best decade. No worries in the world, and you are just thriving like Jeanette is right now. Who is your favorite NBA player in your prime decade? And what was your favorite piece of pop culture from that decade? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. We have plenty on social media. Keep them coming. At KLV1063. Your prime decade. What was it? And who was your favorite NBA player from that decade? What was your favorite piece of pop culture from that decade? 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV 1063. So speaking of the 90s, it was just coming out of the 90s when the FAU MBA Sport Management Program was created. The year 2000, as we go back to the days of yore, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. That's right, though, 22 years they have been sending young professionals into the sports industry. If you get your MBA in sport management, you are in line to work your dream job in sports. It is an expansive industry. There is employment to be had. There are jobs to be filled, but you got to have the proper knowledge, the proper base, the proper education to get there. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program checks all of those boxes. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Sign up for fall semester classes now, either online or on campus in Boca Raton. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Jeanette saw... The Backstreet Boys last night. The Orlando Magic pick number one tonight. It's just like her 90s life. What about you? What's your prime decade? Like Jeanette, the 90s were her prime decade. What's your prime decade? Who's your favorite NBA player from that decade? And what's your favorite piece of pop culture from that decade? Maybe Reebok pumps if you're in the 90s. Those are your thing. That's that's what you're into. That's what you love. For me, double dare. I get home in the 90s from, uh, from junior high or late elementary school. Mark Summers, he's in my life. What up, Game Show Pops? 888-760-3776. I don't know what I'm talking about. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. We're having fun on a Thursday because we're just riding the Jeanette Javier positivity wave. She's Jeanette Javier, or the, uh, what? Jeanette Javier, what? the Dominican queen. Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. We're going back to the 90s. Jeanette saw the Backstreet Boys last night. Again, a two and a half hour set for a bunch of guys who were on the doorstep to 50. Didn't even feel like it. I mean, respect. Even if you think that boy bands are dorky and silly and ridiculous, uh, you even, I mean, Stoney, you got to respect five 50-year-old dudes who are doing fully choreographed uh, performances. Outfit changes. And outfit changes and doing it for two and a half hours in that Florida heat. I see no difference between them and professional athletes. Like, that's an art. It's a craft. I just, I think... They give as much effort as that. I, I, more than awesome. baseball players. More. I said it. I love it. I said it. More than baseball players. I said it, yes. Rick Ankeel. I said it. By the oh. way, Rick Ankeel, every uh, Wednesday, 
here on ESPN 106.3 with Josh Cohen and the home team in the 4 o'clock hour. I'm sure he appreciates me taking shots at him. By the way, breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. The most anticipated, am I am I talking out of turn here? The most anticipated, Hell highly no. touted quarterback prospect in America, five-star Arch Manning, yes, part of that Manning family. He's, um, whose son is he? Cooper's. Okay, the one that nobody knows about. He was damn good, but yes, nobody knows okay. about. Okay, Arch Manning, he is committed to Texas. Mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> gets Arch Manning, so a big piece of the recruiting puzzle uh, has been figured out. There were a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, other quarterbacks, other prospects, and analysts who were waiting to see what Arch Manning was going to do, and now you're going to see sort of a uh, domino effect, I think, with commitments coming to that quarterback position. But every major school in the country wanted Arch Manning. He is going to Texas. So, uh, Jeanette Javier, Backstreet Boys last night, Orlando Magic number one pick tonight. It's like the 90s. It's it's like the 90s. The Backstreet Boys came to be in 1993, dominated the boy band scene in the 90s. The Orlando Magic had number one overall picks in 92 and 93 to help build that franchise into something, help bring the Magic into the finals, help make the Magic relevant. Jeanette is living in the 90s. She's a huge Magic fan. They pick number one overall tonight. Uh-huh. Perhaps Paolo Banchero. Maybe that's going to be Jeanette's new uh, new favorite player. Maybe he's going to turn the fortunes of the franchise. You never know. Uh, but I'm trying to live gloriously like Jeanette is. She's having a flashback, and she's loving it. She's got green juice in front of her. She's decked out in a Backstreet Boys shirt. She's got an Orlando Magic 1993 starter jacket on. Mm-hmm. She's sober. She's sober. Living uh, my best life. Yeah, in the 90s, she was sober as well. <laughs> exactly. Was. It's before she had that first <laughs> drop of alcohol that led her down the road. We know her as today. Uh, but but I, the 90s were her prime decade, and she gets to relive that today. And it feels awesome to be around her. She has an aura. Her orbit is so mm. positive today. And I want to ask all of you, I just want to have some fun with this. Let's be positive. I know we take a lot of shots, and there's going to be plenty of time for that later in the show. I'm talking about you, Freddie Coleman. But the what's your prime decade? What's your prime decade? And who's your favorite NBA player from that prime decade? And what's your favorite piece of pop culture from that prime decade? 888-760-3776. 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six and tweeted us at KLV one zero six three. Let's head back to social media. Mark messages in the eighties, my prime decade. Clearly, it's Michael Jordan. My favorite piece of pop culture. This is a three parter. Mario Brothers. That's a good one, and that would be number one and two. I believe we're in the eighties. Jean jackets. I had a jean jacket. But every time I would wear it at my elementary school, if it would snow, uh, it would then melt and there would be a bunch of mud. And inevitably, I would slip on that mud and get the jean jacket dirty. Not a good look. And Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Have you seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Never heard of it. That's not surprising. We're going to have you review it at some point in your uh, blockbuster blowout. Uh, Stone, have you seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? That I have. Okay. Wow. Because you look like Spicoli. So, so I think Stone looks like Spicol. My father kind of forced me to watch it because solely based off of that. What do you but think? it's one of the ones that your dad makes you watch. Like, mm-hmm. like you can't not see it. Your- it is your introductory to women right. because of the Phoebe Kate scene. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're finally you hit a certain age, your dad sits you down and says, "Son, <laughs> take a seat." 
We're going to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And it comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, Phoebe Cates, no shirt, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I can't oh, tell you. See, you see? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's the most famous. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Phoebe Cates, it's the, coming out of the pool, it's the most famous, uh, I guess, nude scene in mainstream cinema ever. I mean, I, I don't I don't think that there's anything that rivals it. And more more boys have turned into men seeing that movie than any other movie that's ever been made. Yeah, I think if you were just walking down the street and you just said the name, Katie Phoebes, like their mind would immediately go to the scene. Yeah. I, I think most people, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the first thing they think of is Phoebe Cates. Like, right? I, I, I think yeah. that I think that that's probably <laughs> probably the first place that they go to. Jeanette, uh, you are going to have to see that movie because it is much more than that. But it also is one of the most famous movies of all time. And again, with what we know about Jeanette, not a surprise. She's never seen it. Never heard of it. Yeah, that's what I thought. God. Your prime decade, your favorite NBA player from that decade, and your favorite piece of pop culture. 888-760-3776. A comment on the jean jackets, though. They are making a big comeback. I would say but oversized why? They're not jean jacket. They're very good. The oversized jean jacket look is very in right now. Yeah, girls are wearing them in 90-degree weather down here. 100%. I don't get it. A couple of them had them it. like around their waist last night. Between that and boots, like what are we doing? Boots, boots are coming back for sure. Like why? Why no, no? No, we put on, we put on Combat? boots at like seventy oh, yes. degrees down here. I don't understand it. I've never understood it. When you say boots, I was thinking of like thigh highs, but combat boots are no. definitely back. In. You didn't see any thigh highs last night? No, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but why are we wearing combat boots down here? Why? Why are those coming back? What are you? What are you going to do? Get into a kick fight? Like I don't understand what the point. It's of that is. muddy. It rains. Combat boots no, are. I think it's they're more, heavy. They're I, sweaty. I think it's more of a statement. Like, girls think they're making a statement. Like, I'm going to stomp you out? Like I don't I'm, understand that. Yeah, like, I'm boss. Oh, that's stupid. Uh, Jeff, Borchard, <laughs> Jeff Borchard tweets, uh, Alan Houston and starter jacket. So that man is 90s through and through. I got one on. You do have one on. The starter jacket. That is Now, I had the pullover starter jackets. I didn't have. You have a zip-up starter jacket. Mm-hmm. The pullover, but the problem with the pullover was back when I had hair, like I, I used hairspray. I used gel. There was a certain way my hair had to be oh. when I was in elementary school, junior high, Do you have high pictures? school. Uh, yeah, I've got. I'll show you my my senior year of high school yearbook picture where I've got long bleach blonde hair. Uh, you'll no, see. you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with the starter jacket is you put it on and it would mess up the hair or start getting hair out of place. So you had to like unzip it. Uh, the collar part, stretch out the collar, start in the front, place it so it's on the forehead, and then lift, and then pull over and try not to touch any of your hair to put on the starter jacket. I love that. Yeah, that's I, that's what you had to do. Those were the huge dilemma back. Those in the were days. the days where you just had to make do. Okay, uh, Zach Krantz, our our buddy from the uh, Joe Rose Show, Charles Barkley, Beavis and Butthead, favorite NBA player and show. From the 90s. That's great. Yeah. My dog is named after Charles Barkley. It's Charles Barkley II. That's right. Uh, Beavis and Butthead, by the way, the new movie is uh, <laughs> is out. Beavis and Butthead, that was certainly a Ken Levick go-to yeah. in T- the 90s. TP for my bungholio. <laughs> See, you know it's transcendent. It was a, what's the famous laugh from there? <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what it was. Yep. My mom did not let me watch that show because she thought I was getting stupider every time I would watch well, it. Well, you were. I mean, mommy's not wrong. You were getting stupider, but it also is a staple of of the 90s. Uh, Kevin tweets in, Alonzo Mourning and WWF Attitude Era. Absolutely. How have we not brought up, before it was WWE, the WWF. Mm. That's where the ascension of Mm -hmm. Stone Cold, that's where everything changed. The Attitude Era. Undertaker, Kane, The Rock. 
uh, all of that. Big uh, show. Uh, the big he's show. A yeah, later. I guess it he was, was later. later. He was in WCW at that point, and then yeah. he transitioned oh, yeah? to WWE. Yeah. Uh, Paul White now, uh, AEW. We had him on this show uh, a couple of months ago. So we'll continue to take your, your social media and your calls. Prime decade. What was your prime decade? Your favorite NBA player and your favorite piece of pop culture? 888. 888- 760-3776, 888-760-3776. I do want to tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Is joint pain affecting your quality of life? Well, at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, their team's experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptishealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptishealth.net slash orthocare. Every day that I get an early morning text from Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights, I know, I know. Woo! That he is passionate about something, he's excited about something, and it's usually nerdy and usually not something that makes for good conversation because he just gets sucked up into the minutia of the topic. But it also tells me that I need to give him a platform. So when we come back, I'm going to regret this, but Friday Night Lights gets a platform to talk about tonight's NBA draft. Nice! He's Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He's about to nerd out and bore you to death. Jeanette Javier, I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. That you are. And we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. The NBA draft tonight, it's here on ESPN 106.3. The Heat pick number 27. That's right. For the first time in three years, the Heat have a first-round pick. I don't know what to do with myself. What do I do? I almost expect the Heat to just trade it and not pick in the first round. There are rumors. There are rumors. That is true. Yep. There are rumors. Um, I think maybe it's more likely that they trade that pick. I think they should. Get some capital. Yeah. We got who we need already. The Heat, it, like, unlike the Magic, that depend on number one overall picks, being sucky and picking number one what overall. What is your issue? Why are you trying to kill uh, my go, high? Go ahead. Jeez. This is a very valid point. The, heat the just, heck is your problem? The Heat just reconstruct free agency. Why are, you, why are you stealing my juice? Finding gems like Max Drews. It is not your juice. It is my juice. This has been provided. Who does Johnny bring it for? <laughs> Our teammate Johnny, who is... Uh, <laughs> he is he is the black market snack smuggler here at ESPN West Palm. And by that, I mean he just brings in stuff for Jeanette because Jeanette continues to bother him every day. Do you have a snack? <laughs> when she comes in, he brought in a bunch of raw juice, and, and Jeanette thinks it's all hers. Yeah. Very selfish. Didn't you steal my plantain chips last time, too? <laughs> I think every teammate here is on board with Jeanette's sobriety. 
So we're just helping her out. Just helping her out. You see? That's exactly right. And now, and now I, you're stealing my juice. I had someone ask me about your uh, sobriety, Jeanette. Really? Yeah. Um, like, is she okay? No, this wasn't a thing. <laughs> the answer is no. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the answer to that is, I mean, you're you're hearing it right now. No, but um, this is not like a, a rehab situation for Jeanette. She's not she's not going to rehab. She just decided that she was going to take some time off of drinking, and she's proud that she's made it nearly two weeks. And we're all proud of her. But it's not like she was stumbling into our offices Wednesdays and Thursdays, uh, crazy hungover, reeking of alcohol. Uh, with a problem. And there was a couple times I was really hungover. Well, co- yeah, that's fine. But what I'm saying, is it's not like you were on the precipice of, of going to a rehab clinic in Boynton. Like, we no. were... It, this It'd was, be Delray, I'm a little booger. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be Delray, excuse me, okay? She, she knows the best yeah, yeah, yeah. one. The highest rated. <laughs> exactly. But this was just a conscious decision you made to sort of challenge yourself and to sort of, like, like detox in a positive way uh, for a little bit. A hundred percent. Thank you to whoever asked. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the concern. But no, I'm good. It's just that I have been an absolute degenerate and have <laughs> taken my health to lows I haven't experienced <laughs> in a couple years. And since you need I, to put the brakes on a little bit. Since I have no travels until Costa Rica in mid-August, I was like, I'm going to take this opportunity to get back into shape, get back in my health, um, and focus on being physically okay. Mentally, I'm thriving. Best I've been in a while. Physically, not so much. Not so much. So she's taking the appropriate action. So no, Jeanette's not in a dire situation. But yes, thank you for asking. But she is doing this just to sort of uh, even out. A little bit. Like a no-shave November, this is uh, no-sip summer. No yeah. drinking. No, no, no-sip summer. No-sip summer. We need no the alliteration. Summer. It needs to sound a little bit catchy. Sober summer. Okay. Sober summer. Thank Sober you. Sober summer. Thank you. We workshopped that very well. Good job, team. Uh, so <laughs> let's go to 9 o'clock this morning. Anytime I get a text from Stone between uh, 7.30 and like 10.30, I know something's up. Which and I know his juices are flowing. 9 o'clock is a little late. I will admit. Some, well, yeah. That, well, that's when the timeline or the spookiness started. That's yeah. like when it hit me, and that's so, what I had to send. Stone gotcha. Stone sent the following tweet. Um, well, first of all, the first tweet came at 8.58. It was a screenshot of him listening to an NBA draft gambling podcast. I didn't know what that meant, um, but he texted, lock in for you, Jeanette, whatever that means. And then he proceeded to twi- uh, text us, very spooky line movement on the number one pick, we got drama on our hands. Okay. I don't know what any of that means, and I just let Stone text away. It's fine. I'm glad that he's passionate about something and he feels good about it. And if I had an iPhone, which I might very soon, I've, I know I've said a couple Ooh. times, but I would, I would have hearted that. Message. Yeah, and if you did it with your Android, it you would have just start. copied and pasted the long message that I sent. So please don't do that with your Android. <laughs> um, I, I can't with you. I just complimented you. Take it. So, so Stone, what I do in this situation when, when Stone sends an early text, I know that he's into something. He's engaged in it. I want to give him an opportunity to have a platform. I like, he's not, he's not um, just a sidekick. He's not just a producer. He's a co-host on the show. Jeanette, co-host. Stone, co-host. So I feel as if Stone, if he's going to put the time in, if he is, is fully into something, he should be able to discuss the NBA draft. So I am I am going to give Stone three minutes to give us a breakdown of these betting lines for the NBA draft and handicap this. 
for us. And do it right, Stone. We talked about it. Do it right. It's all centered around you, Jim. The Orlando Magic. As most things are, it's with the number one pick. So, Stone, three minutes. You're on the clock. All right. So, here's how it went down. I started tuning into the gambling podcast because a lot of the times, gambling runs all, it rules all. Wherever the lines are is where you should go. It usually tells us what's going to happen before it actually happens. So there's a consensus around the first three picks. Okay. Between Jabari Smith of Auburn, mm-hmm. Chet Holgram of Gonzaga, and third is Paolo Benquero from Duke. Well done. Say that again. Well done. First name Paolo, last name Benquero. Well done. That was actually pretty, it was pretty good. It was better than Tour de France. <laughs> so that's baby the, steps. Yeah, baby steps. So that's the consensus of really who's going to go one, two, or three. What about Jaden Ivey? Jaden Ivey is a lock at five, I believe, but I don't think he creeps into the top three. I don't think. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, these three are more pro-ready than Jaden Ivey, but Jaden Ivey is a dog, and I did text you and Theo as well because you guys are, are haters. Purdue so. is not is not a super popular school. I'm just a, saying. A college basketball powerhouse. Okay. So here's, what, here's where it got spooky. Here's where things got really crazy, and this is the first time in my lifetime that I've seen something like this. So last night, Jabari Smith, his odds to go number one to your Orlando Magic were minus 550. That's five to one. Basically saying, okay, probably an 80% chance. This was, this was Jabari Smith? This was Jabari Smith. Okay. It's probably an 80% chance Jabari Smith lands in Orlando. Okay. Paolo Bancaro sitting at plus 200, so two to one. He's the underdog to go to Orlando, and he's kind of the hot guy. Mostly everybody knows that guy's name, and I think that's kind of one of the— Because he's a dookie. Yeah, because he's a dookie, and they thought you know he'd be a good fit in Orlando. Fast forward to this morning, 5 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., around that time, this timeline I put together. Smith, Jabari Smith, was now the underdog to get drafted. This is juicy. Toward the Orlando Magic. Okay. So so, so he went from the favorite, like, 5-1 to one, yes. to go to the Magic, mm-hmm. whereas Paulo Banquero, probably Oklahoma City. Right. And then that completely flipped in a couple hours. And as of this morning, it's it's Jabari Smith. Right. So Bancaro is now at eight in the morning, the favorite to go to, to go Orlando. Orlando. So that is where I would text you, like, "Oh, get ready to, you know." And what by what are the odds on that? So he was minus two ten, Bancaro. Oh, so a two to one favorite to now get drafted first by Orlando, which now it's like, whoa, okay, so this is really weird. Then Adrian Wojnarowski at eight forty five in the morning tweets out his top three picks that he thinks they're going to go. And Woj bomb. Woj, drops. A Woj A draft Woj bomb. He carries a lot of weight. This was a big, big Woj bomb, and he says, "Here's the order." Here you go. It's actually right on the screen right now. Adrian Wozanowski said that it goes Jamari Smith, Chet Holgram, and then Paolo Bancaro. Here's where things went upside down. The Vegas sports books took every single one of the players off the board. Because they thought that that was going to alter where people are putting their money because Jabari Smith was the underdog for Orlando, and now people are going to put a ton of cash on him, right? Absolutely. Stop. And boy, did it. So let's fast forward to 9.30, about 45 minutes after Woj dropped that bomb. This is not even an hour. So Woj not. caused the, the Las Vegas sportsbooks to pull the odds off the board for the yeah. draft, for the top three picks. Yes. Jesus. So, so it, what are the odds now after that so after that tweet? 45 minutes after the tweet, Jabari Smith to get drafted first to the Orlando Magic is minus 10,000. Jesus. Mm-hmm. What? So he went from the underdog plus whatever to now minus 10,000 because of that Woj tweet. Right. Paolo Bancaro was plus two something. Mm-hmm. And then just it's com- been completely obliterated. Completely obliterated. Oh my God. So now if you bet that Jabari Smith of Auburn is going to get drafted at number one to the Orlando Magic, you have to put $10,000 down to win $100. 
That's wild. Spoiler alert. That's not good. That's not. That doesn't make good financial sense. It doesn't at all. Oh, it doesn't at all. And now Paolo Bancaro, after the tweet, is plus 1,000 to get drafted first year Atlanta Magic. So don't worry about buying a Bancaro jersey because he's not getting drafted. Where has Chet Holmgren been in all of this? Chet he, Holmgren's not really in the mix anymore as far as that one and two spot. Wow. And we, he, we, he, he was the dude that everybody was like, that's the number one pick. That's the guy you want. Yeah, well, for that, sure. Get ready for him. Chet Holmgren, like, okay. I've seen him in a lot of mock drafts in there at two and it seems like he's just been pushed to the side, and it's come down between Bancaro and and Jabari Smith now. That's weird. It, it's very weird, but I think it has to do with Chet Holgram being almost seven foot and weighing 180 pounds. Like he's just not pro ready. He doesn't have the frame, the size, and you know all the things that he needs to start day one and be an impact player. So fast forward to 1040. Jabari Smith is now minus 5,000. And Bancaro is plus 500. So they're going down a little bit, but that has to do with the money they're coming in. They're starting to even out a but little bit. But Woz drops the bomb, takes a guy from an underdog to a minus 10,000 favorite. That's weird. We've never seen that margin of switch. We've never seen anybody freeze the book with the tweet. It's kind of the first day in history this stuff has wow. happened. And I got this. for This was breakfast for me. This was early in the day. And this is your cup of coffee. This is my cup of coffee. I was eating it up. It got me going for the day. But it is really spooky stuff, and it's something to, to pay attention to because if Bancaro goes first tonight, there's going to be a lot of money changing hands. Oh, God. Woj house probably will light up in flames. Somebody will bomb it. Like, it, it, it like, <laughs> Stop. Like, Someone's going to torch yeah, Woj's house. Woj, a, a literal Woj bomb. Woj will be the reason that millions of dollars change hands and Vegas comes out on top. Like It could be like lawsuits, and, I, and I'm not kidding about that. So so very very juicy Losses, stuff here. But Woj didn't do anything. Well, he just no, put an he, opinion out there. Yeah, but this is where, especially if you're ESPN and you have a big relationship with gambling uh, and sports books now, and the NBA has sports book relationships, mm-hmm. all these things are intertwined. I have a feeling someone at the worldwide leader is going to talk to Woj and say, next year you are not allowed to put out any draft day projections because he has probably cost a lot of money to change hands, especially if Orlando goes the way of Bang. Caro tonight. 100%. But because it, when it gets into business and ESPN has a relationship, NBA has a relationship, individual teams have a relationship. I'm sure Woj didn't mean anything by it. There was nothing purposeful with that, but someone could accuse him of trying to uh, adjust the the gambling market. Yeah, it's not it's not crazy to like think that... Like an insider type of deal. For sure, it's not crazy to think that Woj had interactions with NBA execs and guys who do have like top 10 picks this year. So for him to say Jabari Smith, I mean, take it for his word. Like He spoke to people that are like, you know what, I'm probably going to take Jabari Smith. And if that's the case, then gambling's irrelevant here. Like yeah. he's just telling you who's going to get drafted. And with minus 10,000 odds, it's a wrap. When you, ha- when you are, when sports betting is legal with stuff like that, this is not like five years ago. You, you can't put that stuff out there anymore. You need to leave an element of chance because there's a lot of money involved in this entire thing. So what you're saying, Stone, is that Jeanette should be pre-ordering an Orlando Magic Jabari Smith jersey and not a Paolo Banquero? Pre-order it right now. Jabari Smith Because he's walking out on the stage first. How do you feel about that, Jeanette? Cool. Okay. He cool. is his comparison is Kevin Durant, Jeanette. If that, if, I'm not upset with that. It's a great comparison. Yeah, it's a pretty damn solid comparison. Uh so the NBA draft is tonight here on ESPN 106.3. Jeanette is all ready to go. She's got her magic starter jacket ready to go. Oh, Stone, could we real quick before we go to break and start the lunch hour, could we relive for Jeanette the the last number one pick no, that the not. Orlando Magic had. Let's did go you do back this? You did this on to purpose. the year two thousand and four. You did this the on Orlando purpose. Magic. The last I was time. They selected number one overall. With the first pick in the 2004 NBA draft, 
the Orlando Magic select Dwight Howard from Southwest Christian Academy. Jeanette, not a big fan the of Dwight Howard. He did bring the Orlando Magic to an NBA final, so don't worry, Jeanette. Every number one pick that the Magic have had or either acquired via trade, they've gone on to play in the NBA finals. That's fantastic. But why did you have to ruin this? Those were the worst 30 seconds I've had the past 12 hours? Yeah. <laughs> You're horrible! Seriously! Jeanette flicked me off. That'll set the tone for hour two. She's Jeanette Javier. She's angry now. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.